Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 50 for subscribers of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perrette. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, is it true? Did they release a possible cause of death for Bob Saget? There was statements of what might be the cause of death that is not official. This was coming from law enforcement who told TMZ that Saget might have died from a heart attack or a stroke. Now, that's not official, again. And the position of the body when they found him is why the law enforcement was making this speculation. But some other information came out that I did not know before. Saget apparently tested positive for COVID-19. It says shortly before his death, but then it goes on to say that an audience member from the show said that Saget discussed his diagnosis, saying that he said he'd had it recently, maybe less than a month ago, and that you couldn't really tell. I thought that comment was interesting from the audience member, that you couldn't really tell, as though you can just see overt signs of COVID-19 in people walking down the street or from a distance. But they say he might have had it within the past month. If that is the case, I can see possibly... COVID-19 being attributed, his death being attributed to that. But he was boosted in December, right? Yeah, I know. That's why I found that interesting. So I'm looking for more facts to come out on this, but the speculation of a stroke and heart attack, I know that is also what is being said that might have killed I figured it would be either one of those. Betty White. Yeah. Yeah. The stroke is an obvious thing. It's COVID and the vax, the side effects or effects are blood related, including stroke and blood clots and all of that. And then a lot of times that's what will trigger a heart attack. So you'll hear in the Travis Scott concert or the smoke inhalation in the Bronx fire, ultimately they just say it's a heart attack. But for me now, heart attack is just isn't the direct cause of death. Like uh, basically probably almost everybody dies of a heart attack. Yeah. And he was 65. So failure. Yeah. There's a possibility that he had a a lot of comedians live very rough lives. I don't know if he did, but you would think that a guy with that kind of money would have really good health care, and he, or would act, you know, maybe he was a guy who didn't take care of his health, but there were no, his family and friends said he had no health condition that he was aware of. Yeah. So we'll see, but I have a um, something for the XR of where I think by this standard, Saget died in the line of duty. I'll explain that to you in the XR. Interesting. So did you get all the kind of back and forth of the latest in the Kabuki theater yesterday was Rand Paul and Fauci, which continues to make waves. But there was also over the past couple of days emerging that uh, Biden when he was in Atlanta, made that fiery speech about voting rights and the thing pissed me off top to bottom. But it was obviously meant to because now the entire homepage of Fox News is Mitch McConnell calls Biden like un-American or something like that. And then they also say that the left isn't happy because it's too little too late. Stacey Abrams didn't even show up to his speech citing scheduling conflict. It's so funny how they present her as like the queen. Yeah. <laughs> well, Stacey Abrams, that's what she does. She does. This is what she did, kind of a version of what she did when she was in college and she burned the flag in Georgia that had the symbol on it, the Confederate symbol on it, even though there was already a bipartisan effort to remove that symbol. So she actually sabotaged the effort. So here she fights against issues that she claims to stand for, because if those problems actually get solved or if they move closer to them, then she can't be the person who champions that issue. 
Maybe. Yeah. And I, I think that actually does make sense together with maybe her image, you know, it goes with her image. You have to do everything in character. Yeah. So there were a few things that he said, and I just I think it's important because the voting issue. I think there's a couple of things. I think that the voting issue is in itself very important. I think that the January 6th election stuff was a tripwire that is going to cascade into a lot of attempted policy changes, not just limited to the election issue, but the but what Biden did was he made this fiery speech. It really pissed me off because and this probably goes into some of the January 6th stuff. He says, I know where I stand. I will not yield. I will not flinch. I will defend the right to vote our democracy against all enemies, foreign and yes, domestic. Now, there is no right to vote in the Constitution. So the the way they talk about it, even with the filibuster, he says that it is a a battle to for the soul of America and that the 60 vote rule, which we shorthand as the filibuster, had rendered the Senate a shell of its former self. Now, this also drove me crazy because the for most of the Senate's history, unlimited debate was allowed. They only limited it to 60 votes ending that debate later, like World War One, I, I think something like that. So the Senate's former self was that a single person could hold it up forever, forever. And, you know, it makes sense because you don't there are no laws that are needed. There's no laws that are needed. Like we have law, like the Constitution was more than enough because we had the Articles of Confederation. Federal law is not needed. So local law, you can talk about that. But a filibuster to stop new laws is fine because there really is nothing extra necessary. But they're saying this is the... Uh, they're fighting for democracy by by making it a even less powerful for the minority by stopping Mr. Smith from going to Washington. Yes, it's tyranny by majority. And just in case people don't know the things that are on the floor right now, the Freedom to Vote Act, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, they both passed Congress, but or the lower chamber, but not the Senate. And I didn't. I didn't pull this apart. I don't know where the devil is in the details, but just as the broad brush stroke, the Freedom to Vote Act, of course, like just saying it makes you kind of buy into it, right? It uh, facilitates voter registration a lot. It protects, you know, quote, the right to early voting. You know, there's no real right to early voting. Uh, the, quote, right to vote by mail. And it increases transparency about donors and about those who pay for ads with an eye to having somebody like Facebook really look out for foreigners in their in their midst in the ad buying and then the John Lewis Act is I think it's an addendum to uh, the 1965 Voting Rights Act I think so it would require certain states to obtain government permission for changes in election regulations I mean this this is if not outright a bad idea it's a slippery slope because you really don't want the feds involved in elections at all. There is no constitutional right to even vote for the president, if I understand correctly. So I don't want them involved in this at all. And if you were going to hijack it, if you were going to subvert the vote, the more centralized, the worse. And that these are just stepping stones towards answering to the feds. And my guess is there'll be money involved. 
There'll be money pushed down from the feds to the locals, and then you get whatever rules you want. Yeah, get ready for the voting protection, voting rights, commercials, ads leading up to 2024. We're going to hear a lot from Stacey Abrams as she runs for governor again, and they're, and they're going to make this a central issue. It's going to be this. It's going to be that weird combination of fighting for voting rights, stopping voting fraud, or stopping the right from stealing the election, and then kind of vice versa, however they frame it. Trump's going to be saying they stole it. They're going to be saying protect voter rights. It does seem like the pure, I hate to call it the dialectic because that's probably not right, but the pure kind of uh, two sides of every single issue fighting to the death as if, I mean, it just doesn't even make sense for a country to have that. Like, why are we a country that's so completely divided? That's obviously been orchestrated and yeah. we had an answer to it and having the 50 states. Well, in the XR, I'm going to tell you some of the things that occupy people's minds at night that oh, gives insight to I'm what these things are. I'm guessing that, that I'm, uh, this is a little bit of foreshadowing on that. Yes, ma'am. As was the that crazy clip you brought where the guy said the election is going to be a tripwire. And I really think that the election, including January 6th, which is part of the election, fulfills his foreshadowing. Yeah, and they're taking actions right now to fulfill that foreshadowing as the Justice Department announced yesterday that it is establishing a specialized unit focused on domestic terrorism due to the elevated threat from violent extremists in the United States. And the unit's being created to augment their existing approach and to ensure that these cases are properly handled and effectively coordinated. Now, we saw what effectively coordinated means in the Rockfin video we deconstructed, which is the FBI sending out these reports and connecting with local law enforcement, local communities, local business leaders, your grandmother, anybody they can to tell them what they should be afraid of, who they should look out for, and what they should do about it. This is the assistant AG, Matthew Olson. He told the lawmakers that the number of FBI investigations into suspected domestic violent extremists has more than doubled since the spring of 2020, and that they're seeing a growing threat from those who are motivated by racial animus, as well as those who ascribe to extreme anti-government and anti-authority ideologies very vague in their description um tell me again what's the gist of it the gist of it is they're creating a new department that is going to be going after domestic terrorists there's going to be focused specifically on domestic terrorists and coordinating the actions at the local and state governments on what to do about domestic yeah. terrorists okay, and so that's super dangerous that yeah. is what we talked about in the rockfin video. yeah it's exactly what we talked yeah. about yeah, and yeah. they have a they now have a new department focused specifically on that with what appears to be the definition of these homegrown violent extremists who they say are inspired by foreign terrorists, by the way. And that oh, I totally see a hand in hand thing going there. And that is when the tripwire said it was about Russia. I'm still I'm not convinced it's not about Russia. But what's very scary about that is when you coordinate, quote, with the state and locals, it makes it that's behind the scenes. And if you look at the um, North American Union document that William Weld and Heidi Cruz and a bunch of other CFR people got together to talk about how to make a North American Union, which was going to have the laws uh, um coordinated. And this is totally unconstitutional, but they said that they would have an organization behind the scenes to help the legislators in the different countries get on the same page with regard to laws. So that's how they do it without actually, without people realizing that it's it's just the way the media works, where they make it look like it's a bunch of different voices, make it look like it's uncoordinated, but it's not. And that is the de facto federal policing. Yeah. And the CFR has those regular 
conferences where they meet with local journalists and tell them how to report on stories. The thing that's most concerning here to me is that they are trying to include homegrown violent extremist and racist with that of people who are anti-authority and anti-government. Like those are the same. Right. And I wouldn't and I'm absolutely convinced. I think it's obvious that some of the things that we see that are low hanging fruit for me that are, you know, dangling fish hooks, whatever that uh, I want to bite is stuff that they put there on purpose to make you crazy, that it's not just dog whistling. It's not just oh, gosh, I could not say more like cliches. It's not um, uh, the uh, where they try to make you crazy. Um, gaslighting. What's that called again? Gaslighting. Yeah, it's not not any of that stuff, but just even like the Fauci Rand Paul thing or the Biden's speech pissing people off thing. Like there, it's there to like make you, even good people, get super pissed. Maybe that is gaslighting. I think so. I think that sounds like gaslighting to me. So here's another one about the voting thing that will make people crazy. But I think they're doing it for obvious reasons to skew the vote. But also, it just seems blatantly wrong. Did you hear this, that in New York, they just passed a law that non-citizens can vote in municipal elections? No, I didn't see that. Yeah. So I think Vermont and maybe one or two other places has a similar law. So if you have a green card or you're obviously or can prove to be, I don't know if you have to prove it, but if you're a resident, you can't, I don't think you can even vote in the bureau-wide stuff at this point. You can't vote in the state. You can't vote in federal stuff, but you can vote in your municipalities, like your council member, whatever. And honestly, I understand what they're doing here. They're just making, making those places more and more like the places that people uh, emigrated from. So, a lot of the people who came over for a better life don't understand why it is they're having a better life here. Now, I think it's because we have more freedom. You could also say it's because we have the reserve currency of the world. You know, it could be that we are so far removed from the principles of prosperity and are really just benefiting from our position of um, financial, you know, capitalist on the apex. I don't know for sure, but the way I think of it is they're coming over. They don't have the education, uh, the, the foundation in American, um, political economy to really understand why this is a better place than their place. And that is why the, I'm sure Democrats or anybody who wants more centralized government, more government control wants these people to vote. However, it is absolutely nobody's business. It's not the Supreme Court's business. It's nobody's business. Not only how your municipality elects its people, but how your state gets its electors. It doesn't matter. So there should be absolutely no, there's no constitutional right to vote. And it is pathetic because you know that this is a subversion of anything that is, uh, that was redeemable about the American experiment, but they, anyway, it's p- pissing people off, and uh, but it, it did pass. Well, something in North Carolina that's going to be going on that could very well piss a lot of people <laughs> off if they aren't aware of it. So I'm going to make you as aware of it as possible today. If you're in North Carolina from January 22nd to February 4th, you better beware because the Army will be conducting realistic guerrilla warfare exercises across two dozen rural North Carolina counties. The Army warned locals that the exercise will be very realistic, realistic enough to include the sounds of gunfire, which they assure us will be blanks and flares being shot off. 
And the reason that they're giving this public advanced warning is because years and years ago, people mistook this uh, exercise like this as real and a police officer ended up shooting somebody that they thought was had a weapon was attacking somebody so they're trying to make the public aware of this the exact times and locations however were not provided they do say it will be conducted on private land but the really interesting thing about this exercise is the content of it what they're training them to do so they're going to be training these newer soldiers it's called operation robin sage by the way and the setting is going to be an armed conflict. So that's kind of the premise of it. And the candidates, the new officers are going to be facing off against seasoned service members from cadets. Yeah. Yeah. The, the against C, I guess they're, they're candidates to get into some sort of program because they call them candidates. Oh, they're not cadets. So it maybe not. Like maybe they newbies are cadets, right? Yeah, so maybe there's like a special operations that they're trying to get into, and if they successfully oh, in this operation, they get into it. I think that's what it is. But they will be facing off against these seasoned service members from Fort Bragg, many of them from Fort Bragg, where there's always a lot of weird stuff going on. And trained civilians will also be part of the role-playing actors. So there's going to be role- actors? Yes, there's going to be... <laughs> there's going to be crisis actors. That's what they are. That's what that is. Say but, it however you want. So... What have we also heard about when we hear about trained, seasoned military members combining with tra- specially trained civilians to conduct an operation? That's what they call the people who are at January 6th. They say they were trained by military and they trained these non-military people who became specially trained. This is oh. an operation that seems to be, the way they describe it, training to fight against domestic terrorism in rural towns of America. Wow, I completely missed that. I was just thinking of Jade Helm and Vigilant Guard, and I remember. Yeah, the I name remember, of the group yeah. of this of this fake group is the Pineland Resistance Movement. That's what they're naming the fighting forces of civilians Pineland. and army members. That Caesar sounds like military they're after members. New England. Yeah. So I remember we had a caller at WSB when we were talking about how Operation Vigilant Guard was probably a part of how that uh, the bridge collapsed, the I-85 bridge collapsed. And we had somebody call a serviceman or whatever, you know, guy who was involved in this stuff. And he laughed at us, of course. <laughs> and oh, yeah. he said, we, uh, we have better things to do than that. We don't have time for stuff like that. And I'm thinking, wh- what? What do you have to do? Fight a real war? You're either practicing to fight a war or you're fighting a war. So... Which is it? And what else could you be doing that you don't have time? And every time I hear something like this, I'm like, yes, you do do this stuff. You do have time for it. It's what you do. And I I always regretted not slapping that guy down. Yeah. Yeah, because that was one of the most obvious, you know, government operations, training operations. At least it seemed to be anyway. Well, once you discovered it, it was clear. I mean, it, I, I think so. And boy, that was kind of crazy. We, we, I think we, we were maybe on prime time. I think we got that out there on prime time. We did. Time. Yeah, we got out there home. a couple of times. Yeah. Here, see, we have this announcement by the, the, the Homeland Security where they're creating the new domestic terrorism group. And now we see this training exercise that's going to be going on, which seems absolutely obviously training to conduct a fighting as domestic terrorist and this description of what a domestic terror is being anti-government people need to not be okay with this no terrorists are bad people do, though? Huh? Yeah, what do, do i do i'm not okay with it but 
Just right. It's just anymore. domestic terrorism is bad. People who do things that, to kill and hurt other people is not good. But to label just people who oppose the government or, or dissidents or who are critical Actually, of the narrative. I, I'm going to take issue with the word terrorism. What what is that? It's it's somebody who scares you. You know what? Or is it somebody who commits a crime? I so have a definition say, of terrorism. Yeah, the, the, let's just say it's a crime. You know, I, and then you don't have to say terrorism. You can say this person committed a crime. This is the crime. This is the punishment. You we don't have to prevent crime. You can deter it by punishing it by actually investigating. And there should never be what's called prior restraint. That's not not American. Okay, it's not so necessary, and it's completely contravenes. Liberty. And you. You focus right in on the problem there. There is no federal domestic terrorism statute, so there is no clearly defined definition of what that is, which gives them the authority to pull, pick and choose from state statutes and make it whatever they want, kind of. But the U.S. Criminal Code defines domestic terrorism as violence intended to coerce or intimidate a civilian population to influence government policy. Okay. Well, first of all, I feel like the U.S. government is the greatest contributor to right. that. <laughs> Uh, but okay, so then it's violence. Just we don't even have to talk about terrorism. Let's just say this guy was arrested for doing something violent. That's that. You don't have to. Make, it's like hate crime. You don't need to make it a separate category. When you make it a separate category, you make the feeling or the idea the crime. I'm not down. Anyway, but we have a lot more to come in the show today. But before we get to the deepest dive of the day. Which is, I'm going to try to crack the code on this. More than half the world's jabs have been conventional vaccine technology. I think I may crack the code. It's really out there. It's highly speculative, but also original and will definitely get you thinking. So I'll tell you about what I think that's all about in the deepest dive of the day. And then after that... After the free 30, we are going to, of course, obviously do the XR, the extended portion of the DNB, where we will discuss, among other things, did Bob Saget die in the line of duty? I'll tell you what I mean by that. And Binkley, as he alluded to earlier, is going to tell us what is keeping Americans up at night. The answer might surprise you. But before we get to all of that, a big shout out to the sponsor of today's show. LibertyGear.net is one of our oldest, greatest, and most beloved supporters. Not only does he support our show, he actually runs the Discord, dppdiscord.com, contributes a lot to propreport.locals.com, and contributes just across the board to the fun and, uh, and, antics in the DPP, the Disappearing Patron Party, as well as the Zoom call. So that's our friend Ism Kant. His site is libertygear.net, where you can get a lot of fun, funny things that will just even perusing it will make you laugh. Actually buying a, a, an Obey mask or uh, some of his off-color t-shirts. I've had, they'll it, it will connect you with people who think like you who are near you. And that is what we love about this show and our community is that a lot of people make connections with folks who live near them, who they can actually have relationships with and maybe hand in hand get through these times together. 
not only keep the remnant alive, but grow it. So I love what LibertyGear.net is doing. He will also do custom stuff. It's just, it's just fun. So check it out. Support our friend there. And also support us. So let's talk about the latest Rockfin deep dive. What is the name of that? Didn't you just post a new one? Yeah, I posted it earlier the, this week. I don't have the title the, offhand. Okay. But was that the up. most triggery one? There was one, this one or the one before was the one that triggered me more than anything else. No, it's the one before. The one before triggered you more than anything else. The previous one, previous one was the head of the Department of Homeland Security laying out what they have been doing to stop domestic terrorism and the powers they've granted the intel agencies to just invade your privacy and your constitutional rights just at will. It's pretty shocking. And there's a little bit of Cass Sunstein, right? That one I separated. I separated these out into two. So I just did the domestic terrorism and be putting the other one next week. And then there's another one before that that was the one that was most triggery. So if you join Rockfin, rockfin.com slash propaganda report, and you find the one where the CIA chick is a high-ranking private sector employee at Facebook suppressing political speech. I mean, that one I think might have given me kind of heart palpitations. <laughs> I don't think I can sleep that night. So rockfin.com slash propaganda report. You can find all of our XR stuff. So you can find the DNBXR. Tomorrow, we're going to have the DNBXR live on Rockfin. Every Thursday afternoon, we do that. And Rockfin, and we also do all our extended release interviews are there in video format if we've got that. And it's the only place you can find those deep dives. So we have a few platforms, but uh, today we're going to suggest you check out Rockfin because not only do you get all of our stuff, you also get the exclusive content of everybody else. And there's one thing I did I've been getting a lot of positive uh, comments on is when I did the Conspiracy Social Club with Sam Tripoli and Brian Callen, which you can only find on their Rockfin channel. So you can't even they were we don't even have it on our Rockfin channel. But if you join through our Rockfin channel, you can watch their premium Rockfin material. So that would be an awesome thing for us. Rockfin.com slash propaganda report. Check it out. And with that, on to the deepest dive of the day. All right. So this is a little bit of uh, a rabbit hole deep dive with a lot of different little avenues down in that tunnel. So you're going to have to work with me on this one. Okay, so I meant to start talking about this yesterday or the day before, and it really just hit me how significant it might be. This is it. Someone said to me, some uh, a supporter messaged me or commented on locals. I can't remember where it was. Uh, Xi'an, China, implemented a lockdown in December, not just for COVID, but for hemorrhagic fever. Did you hear about this? No. So... I immediately thought hemorrhagic fever sounds like a blood problem, sounds like either a COVID side effect or more likely, in my opinion, a vaccine issue. So I looked and thought, well, I know I know China has like different they I know one of their vaccines is like the protein subunit kind of conventional vaccine. But I wonder what the breakdown is like if they have a lot of mRNA or um, DNA vaxxed people, maybe the blood problem is from that. So I looked into it. To my amazement, China's two vaccines, China's CoronaVac and Sinopharm vaccines, account for almost half 
of the 7.3 billion COVID-19 vaccine doses delivered globally. Half of over 7 billion jabs have been produced and China's Coronavac and Sinoform is half of them. So it's three and a half billion, which means, let's say, like everybody in China is double jabbed. So that's 1.7 billion. So it's like even more than, I think, the whole population of China. So let's just say for sure everybody in China is only getting one of these two things, right? I would assume. Maybe they sent it to Africa. I don't know. Both of them are inactivated virus, conventional vaccines. There's no viral vector, no gene induction, no gene transduction, no mRNA, none of that. So they are, so the big problem people have with the vaccine this here, right? It's because I always say like, let's, let's see what Novavax is like. But Novavax is the inactivated protein subunit, conventional thing where they control the amount that goes in you. It doesn't make your body produce it. And Novavax has been slow walk from the beginning. It is still not available in this country. And it is the conventional vaccine uh, technology. So to me, that is absolutely obviously intentional. Now, they finally submitted their stuff to the FDA. So it's probably coming. And when it comes, I would say that marks the absolute end of the vaccine mandate push. And they will move on to something else, pushing the Merck drug, whatever. But why would... So so that whole problem that we have with the vaccine, because we don't want that gene therapy stuff, not an issue in China. They are not doing that to the Chinese population. And from the beginning, I have said it is very clear that geographically they have delineated which technology is getting to which places. So we've got the mRNA. I think uh, Europe had the DNA one for a while. Um, and and now I see that the that China is completely, it seems to me, completely insulated from this experimental tech completely. And given that, I've also speculated, given who's behind it and given some of the effects people have been reporting, that the that the mRNA vaccine and maybe to some extent the DNA vaccine, but particularly the mRNA stuff, Pfizer, which is being given to all the young people, is may have reproductive implications. This is not something I'm making up. I'm any probably nobody listening to me hasn't heard that. Okay. So what would, if you put those things together, it seems to me they may be really trying to cut off maybe Western and African reproduction. But it, it doesn't look like they're trying to do that in China. And they recently lifted the one-child policy in China. Okay, so now think about it. So now you have a declining Western population and a surging, relatively surging Eastern population. Why would Big T, they want that? Why would there be a global plot for that? And this starts to get out of my realm because I'm not great with culture, psychology, sociology. It's not really my thing. But I look back at the uh, what I know about the Middle Ages and at that, and I always wondered, like, how come the Industrial Revolution emerged out of Europe when, when if you look at like IQ charts, the Chinese have higher IQs. They had an older civilization. Why didn't they have tech emerge? They did, but they suppressed it for to preserve the hierarchy. Whereas in Europe, I think because there was no soul control, there was a lot of different kings, plus they all had to compete with the church, that they really didn't have the ability 
to push down tech. Not only that, but because power was competitive, maybe they wanted tech. Maybe they so China had gunpowder, but suppressed it. When when a European king got gunpowder, they used it to expand their territory, and that was the kind of um, incubator that led to, I think, like kind of the advents of the Industrial Revolution and all that. But what if that legacy, that cultural legacy of independence and competition for the hearts and minds that people feel this sense of individualism because the of the politics that that emerged from that legacy maybe that's a big problem just the way traditional architecture is a problem from a real command and control modular system that we talked about rosa quar and how they're redoing infrastructure maybe they want to change our culture to be that more kind of unified collective um, or traditionally hierarchical or even Maoist. Maybe even it's just the Mao thing because people from China who I know from before, you know, whose parents were raised before Mao, real old, but still, you know, people my age are, know these guys. Um, and even if you look at Taiwan, it's like a totally different thing. So maybe there is something too that the population issue at hand in hand with China rising to global hegemony. And the last thing I'll say is when you look at event 201, the CDC of China, shoulder to shoulder with the CDC of the US, why is China going along with it? Probably because they're going to get the upper hand in this actual uh, operation. Did that seem generalizing culturally? I didn't mean it to be. I don't know if it was generalizing, you know, it's a big picture. So sometimes some generalizations come in yes, there, but yes, yes. I think that that's the way things kind of look on a broader picture. I, it's a good assessment of it. I would really like to, this is why the WSB show had, that was one of the good things about it. It was super freaking stressful, <laughs> but people would call and respond in real time. So if you had something really theoretical or, um, you know, kind of just a germ of an idea, people would plug in. But we have a lot of outlets now for people to communicate. So if you have one, communicate with me. I don't know what the best way, maybe if people just comment in the posts or what of the show. I don't know. What do you recommend? Well, they can also get on Locals. I know that that is interactive. They can ask questions. It's very interactive. Yeah, that's true. Then And then we can all talk to each other. So yeah. properport.locals.com. It is interesting that at least the way it's presented by the media anyway. I'm not in China. I don't know 100% certain. But we hear stories where China's doing like the opposite of the United States. So the men over here, they say the testosterone is low. Too much soy. Soy boys. Over there, they are drilling the young the kids with, with be a man, masculinity, fight, you know, stuff like that. Are so they just, drinking milk? Yeah, we always see the counter. I mean, they might be drinking milk now, which they never did Possibly. Before. So it's like it may, they make it appear as though the United States is the men are fading. You know, the manliness yeah, is fading, I mean, the strength that's... is fading. And over there, they're trying to raise it up. That's true. And they're also insulating them from the tech. Like we probably yep. use TikTok more than their people exactly. do now. Yeah, bingo. That's really interesting. It all plugs in. So maybe that was too broad brushstroke. But now that I mean, I think it did what I wanted, which was I really want to have that conversation because I think there is a bigger, you know, it's like, what's the 21st century dialectic? And I feel like it's merging either religion or culture with with law. And that COVID was a big part of that. And and maybe this has something to do with that as well. All right. So now now I have to jam my 
brain back into my head. Someone said, like, if you have two open, someone called in WSB once and said, if you're, a, be careful that you're not so open minded that your brain falls out. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to jam that back in there before the XR. But uh, I do, oh, people should know if, if you want to do the promo code, try locals free. And we can, and see if this, uh, if having conversations on there is right for you. And if you don't like it, then you got to cancel, but it, you can do it for free for a month. Might as well try. Yeah, might as well. It sounds like I'm like always plotting to push this stuff, but I'm not. You're it's not. Just when it, comes it just up, comes up gotta, in conversation. Yes. <laughs> you got to, at least you can't suppress the urge to, yeah, right. to discuss it, to talk about that stuff. So anyway, but, um, Oh, gosh, I forgot to announce that we're doing the Internet Privacy Zoom party this Saturday. They, we have several experts have agreed to come on awesome. and do yeah, a special presentation for us. We try to limit the presentations to maybe 20, 25 minutes up front. We will share that with our subscribers on Patreon. But if you want to participate, get in there and ask questions of these guys. I'm always amazed that people who would be on a big podcast will come and do our little private party. And I'm very happy. And people will do it It's because it's enjoyable. So it's a patron saint Zoom party. So if you're a Rockfin subscriber, you can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron saint for a deeply discounted price. And if it's if that's sold out there, just email me at the propaganda report podcast at gmail.com. And uh, but in any case, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report, become a patron saint, and then you can join the Zoom party, even if you just do it for the month. And I'll send the link out in plenty of time. Awesome. And I would say that my number one tip for privacy to not get yourself in trouble online is just don't film yourself committing a crime and put it on TikTok or Instagram. That's where I would start there. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content we were telling you about, go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report and join up there. We will talk to you guys next time or in the DMBXR. Have a fantastic rest of your day.